we go. Welcome in. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with a Y. Uh, welcome into the Eric St. Show podcast, a daily show where I discuss news, nonsense, and my personal adventures. Thank you for being here on this cold, wintry-like day. Yeah, it kind of hit the hit the fan in the last 24 hours around here, at least. As uh, snow and cold. I was like, ah, God damn it. I don't know if I'm ready for this shit. Oh, you know, I have this, um, uh, I guess it seasonal depression where like I get the blues when, uh, when I don't know what the fuck, if what exactly tra- I'm guessing no sun, uh, staying in the house all the time. A series of awful things trigger this blues and I'm like waiting for it. Um, and, uh, so occasionally I'll go and I'll visit this guy. His name is uh, Ray. Ray is the shrink. I go, Ray, I'm fucked up. What is it, Eric? That's well, the end of the world. Okay, why? Well, it's because I'm sad. He goes, okay, let me uh, let me dig into this a little further. And he goes back, and this is last year. He goes back in time. He goes, okay, you were here uh, uh, exactly one year ago today, and then the year before, and then the year before. So this is a normal thing. So then we come up with like, all right, you got to figure this out. And then, all right, do this and do that. And you'll be fine. Okay, thanks. See ya. Bye-bye. So now I'm waiting for the day when I like wake up and go, oh, oh my God. Everything's terrible. My life is over. Like, shut up, you asshole. Um. No, it, it, it's really fine. But it usually happens like when the days are short. When the days are short and the nights are long. Um, I think December 12 is when the sun sets uh, the earliest. And then on December 21, they, the days actually start getting longer. By like very little amount. I, I've, I've got this researched. The shortest amount of time where I live of, of daylight, sunrise to sunset is nine hours and like one minute. From the time the sun comes up to the su- time the sun goes down, nine hours, one minute, roughly. And I think that's generally the same everywhere in the Northern Hemisphere. In the Southern Hemisphere, it's like the opposite. You know, I still can't get over the fact that, you know, uh, in the Southern Hemisphere, it's it's the hottest months are like December, January, February. God damn. Uh, and then, you know, when we get to longest day of the year, we're looking at 15 hours, sunrise, sunset. You know, I don't know if it's actually the amount of sunlight that's making Eric turn into a a psychopath. It may be, and this was discussed, just the the fact that I don't leave. I don't I don't leave this the surroundings. I don't go up north. I don't and it's like, well, why don't you? And and that's the there is nothing that's keeping me from doing that. You know? Uh, Joe Martinez already getting ahead of the uh, stories. He's so psyched 
about the Michigan victory, and he's he's uh, saying let's let's uh, throwing out his Michigan Wolverine type of uh, jargon already. I'll I'll get to it. I'll get to it. You know, as much as I will say this before I get to it. Now let's just get to it. Let's just get to it. Um, Michigan beating Ohio State. I would say pretty much uh, puts to rest any of the uh, talk about the cheating. Yes, they did cheat, but they have not cheated the last three games. And they've beaten good teams and made them look ridiculous. Even though Michigan just, you know, a few points beat Ohio State. uh, I just got the feeling that they were uh, fucking with them, you know? But... After all of that, so you can pretty much say, I mean, at this point, who cares that they cheated? Uh, Harbaugh's taking his medicine. That's over. They they beat. They they won all those games. Um, but so you cannot argue that they are very very good. But you cannot argue even more so that Michigan fans are the biggest fucking assholes on the planet. Not even assholes. You're just so goddamn annoying. You make Alabama fan look normal. You are some of the most arrogant people that have ever walked the face of the earth. And at no point is anything you do cool. Michigan fan. uh, Fucking pain in the asses. Just bitches. Holy shit. God damn. Uh, Chris says it just shows that uh, Sharon Moore is a vastly superior coach over Harbaugh. I don't know about that. Joe Martinez is still throwing out the stupid evidence of Harbaugh cheating. Well, it was deleted by Chris Partridge. You dumb fuck. This is what I mean. Joe writes, we bow down to no one. We are Michigan. Who talks like that? That's, that's, that's the thing. That's that type of talk is what elevates you to the most annoying people on the planet. This it's because of that, all of that fucking game of Thrones talk that you do makes people think that you're just assholes using the term. We Chris points out whatever. If you, fuck, if you were to walk in downtown Ann Arbor, you'd be arrested. It's a miracle you weren't incarcerated while you were there. Uh, 10-4, we got a bogey walking down Main Street. Whole bunch of them. Jesus. So, um. You're all a bunch of annoying fucks. Don't don't ever forget that. All right? For a team that's won, uh, that's as much as, as your team has won, you'd think you'd have some uh I don't know, class. You know, like you've like you've been there. What's that statement? Uh act like you've been there. You've been there. And you're even more insufferable. 
Jesus. Joe Martinez, before the hockey game, he walks over behind me to where I am. I'm in my booth, and he wanders because he sits on the other side of the arena. He walks all the way around. This is before the game starts, and he's behind me, and I'm there working, and I hear, he taps on the glass. I turn around. He's there with his with his lovely wife. He's got a Michigan Wolverines jacket on, and he looks at me sternly. He's looking down at me, and his wife is there laughing. She's so adorable. I love her. I immediately blow her kisses and give him a mean face. He taps the M on his chest and then puts up the middle finger. He's like, fuck you. So, so no one can see it except me. He taps the M and then gives me the middle finger. It's like, oh, my God. You're so annoying. What the fuck is wrong with you? You animal. So as good as Michigan is right now, why is that door open? Then he was coming in there. As good as Michigan is right now, um, they're, getting even more insufferable, which makes, you know, they never just quietly go away with, and, and you know, Hey, scoreboard, we won. It's always got to be so over the top. Um, so now they, they take on Iowa, I guess this week, which is, a, I mean, Iowa sucks for God's sake. If after all of this, Michigan happens to lose to Iowa, you, you have to understand um, I'm going to change the focus of this podcast to uh, making fun of Michigan fan every minute of every show. If you happen to tank against Iowa. And I mean, there, there's honestly no way that's going to happen though. Most would argue that Michigan will win the national championship. They're really good. They've got some excellent players on that team. Um, Florida State just lost their uh, quarterback. He broke his leg. It was off. It was fl- uh, the flippity-muppity thing we played on this show. Um, Kent says, I just watch. I like watching tears fly from Buckeye fans. No other game really matters. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, you want to be the national champion. I mean, if you had to choose between one or the other, God damn. Um, Rich has bend the knee, Eric, and join in on the bandwagon. No, I don't I don't really have a college football team that I root for. You know? Not really my thing. I just like watching the um uh, drama that accompanies it. In fact, I didn't even watch the Michigan game. I listened to it because I had things going on. I was at my son's soccer game to attend, or my son, my uh, my grandson's soccer game to attend. And uh, I I will say this: um, under the um, with the initial point about how annoying Michigan fan is, equally annoying our Michigan broadcast team. So you got former player John Jansen who sounds good behind the mic, but Doug Karch does not. Doug Karsh is his name. He's got one of these voices like this, Doug Karsh. 
for some reason. I don't know what it is with um, people in the broadcast industry these days, but um, the number one thing that you should make sure you have is a voice that is either nondescript or strong. You can get away with middle-of-the-road voice if the quality is good and the delivery is okay. Now, Frank Beckman, he had both. Incredible, big-sounding voice. God rest his soul. By the way, we went to the same high school. <coughs> he, he worked at uh, 89.1 WPHS. Um, and, uh, I mean, knew when to turn it on, knew when to turn it off, big and bold, and uh, gone forever. Uh, then they went to um, Jim Brandstetter and uh, Dan Deardorff. Now, Deardorff is a good color guy, but Brandstetter is not a good play-by-play guy. Brandstetter is also a color guy. Is not good at play-by-play. Thank God that only lasted a little bit of time. He was, um, and the thing is, when I say that, to the average person, they don't pick up what I pick up on. But Brandstetter, when he's doing radio, when he was doing radio, he would literally try to fit every single movement of whatever player that has the ball into describing it as opposed to um, just uh, saying the important things and not these superfluous details. So if he were to announce that the quarterback is backing up or dropping back, he would he would say, quarterback backs up, six steps, looks right, looks left, pump fakes, uh, ducks, spins in a circle, runs to his left, runs to his right, throws the ball. I mean, but he would say it really, really fast, and it would it would be tough to actually follow along with, as opposed to just uh, what's the fuck? JJ backs up, JJ drops back to pass, unloads. You know, takes his time doing it. Brandstetter would always rush. He's trying to fit all the fucking words in. All right, so he goes away now. Doug Karsh, he's got as someone described it, Alex Jones voice. I hate him. Sounds like shit. If you're just trying to find a a play-by-play guy, start with the sound of their voice. And then once that box is checked, then then you can get away with not having all the other boxes checked. But the one box that has to be checked is the sound of the voice. God damn. Uh, So anyway, those guys suck because not only is the sound of Karsh's voice bad, but they're such homers that when like Ohio State makes a big play, they just keep it so calm because they don't want to ever show any type of excitement for a play by the other team. And it's like, wait a minute, did I just hear a, a I mean, God damn it, it's just bad. Linda says, Greg, like Freebeer, Greg, who sounds like an arrogant cockhead. No, Freebeer doesn't sound arrogant, I don't think. He's annoying when he's describing his radio, uh, sports radio work on, on GRD. He oftentimes, if you'll notice... Greg is always trying to qualify who he's doing his broadcast with because 
for national radio, especially on Compass, which is kind of like dollar store. Um, they make Greg's uh, color commentator like a guy who has played football before, but no one knows who he is. So whenever Greg is describing that on Freebird and Alvings, he'll say, so, uh, yeah, I was in Nebraska to do the game with Chad Brown. And, uh, and then he'll like go over Chad Brown's resume. Now, I don't know who Chad Brown is. You don't know who fucking Chad Brown is. And you don't care. But Greg will say, oh, yeah, he went to this college and uh, he was a letterman. And uh, one year he got this many big plays. And then he was drafted in the third round. And he, oh, he had a, a solid career uh, with uh, 11 pro teams and played 35 games. And, and uh, before he actually gets to the meat of the story. It's like, who cares? Shut the fuck up. Well, I was doing the game with third string quarterback Rusty Hilger. God damn. Um, so I can't stand the Michigan broadcast team. They're terrible. The only thing good about Michigan football is that we get to hear Jim Costa, who is actually an excellent, excellent broadcaster. I love Jim Costa. I think about uh, John Jansen, the color commentator. Ugh. The minutia. These guys, there'll be like a play up the middle for one yard. Uh, and then John Jansen will break down every fucking minute detail about a one yard run. It's like, stop. God damn. What is wrong with you? So awful. By the way, I'm getting ahead of myself. I didn't want to talk about this at this point in the show, but fuckface Joe Martinez uh, uh, shows up in here and immediately becomes the most annoying Mexican in the history of Mexicans by uh, talking about his shitbag fucking football team. Um, so there's that. And because he did that, I'm going to have to give him a uh, yellow card one more and you're going to have to sit down for a period of time. I got to keep it real. Uh, my card is yellow. Yours is green. Uh, he writes Banda. Banda Bejo. I think that's what it is. There was some fucking band. Last night at the hockey game. It was. Uh, uh, what was it? Hispanic heritage game. So we've got a Mexican-inspired jerseys. And uh, we're playing Mexican music when the uh, play stops. Okay, great. And then we brought like a fucking mariachi band or some shit. And uh, they, they performed the national anthem. And they, they stunk. It was so bad. It was, I, I've never seen, there's like 15 members of the band. It's all brass. It wasn't a mariachi band, but it, um, I mean, I used to play a brass instrument and, uh, 
I, I, the second they started playing, I go, everybody's either flat or sharp. The whole band, not a single one of those guys is in tune. It was a half step off the entire uh, anthem from start to finish. It was it was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Does anyone have a? Does anyone know how to tune an instrument? You assholes. Joe's like, uh, and I had to introduce him to their Banda Bejo or whatever the fuck they're called. I sounded like an idiot. Well, anyway. I'm glad you had a good time, you drunk bastard. All right. Um, I do want to point out because when last week ended, you know, my dad and Joanne dealing with a COVID diagnosis. They're fine. Everything is good. Um, no, they're, they're through it. So that is, that is awesome. Just want to point that out. Thanksgiving. Now, Wednesday, my, my work ended here. I had a meeting to go to, and then I got home at like four 30 and I started to make food. I have to make the mashed potatoes. I have to make the sweet potatoes and, uh, and, and, and had it, you know, put it all in the things and take it across the state on Thanksgiving morning. And everything went as planned, but I didn't expect it to take so goddamn long. I guess I made way, way too much food. And I thought that, you know, one scoop of potatoes is about one pound. Okay? Um, but I think I was a little off on that. Um, because I made 20 pounds of potatoes. And you know how, like, when you uh, you go to like a place that's serving food, they got those um, metal frames with the um, with the tins with with the uh, uh, sternos underneath them so that the food can stay warm. I brought those and put the uh, the mashed potatoes into one of those big ass containers, but I still had more potatoes. So I'm like, there is no fucking way we're gonna eat all these potatoes. But I was like, well, then now they're, they're, they're cooked or they're, you know, I, I boil them. I go, I, I might as well just uh, finish the job. So, uh, I made all the mashed potatoes. I made all of the, uh, uh, sweet potatoes and baked them. I mean, I did everything. I did everything for this. It worked out like master chef style, as you would expect. Um, but. When it was all said and done, I had, uh, and then I get to where I'm going and, and the, and the food is, is ice cold. So I got to heat it up. And I thought for a second that I could just turn on those sternos and boil the, you know, the water, get the water hot and then put there. And then in, you know, in a short amount of time, the food would be hot, the mashed potatoes, but it, it wasn't even close. So I was like, holy fuck. I had to put those in the oven at uh, charity scam Mike's house for like an hour. Thank God we got there early. Um, I wanted to get there just in case I needed to do something like this. And the goddamn Lions game was on. And, okay, they suck, all right? They have turned, even though they've only, they have they lost that game and they had won the uh, uh, L.A. Chargers game and the Bears game, make no mistake, they could very well have uh, lost all three of those games. Uh, they are turning on us. 
I, I keep them on a very, very short leash. Okay? When they lost to Baltimore, I was like, this is fucking too ugly. I mean, I can understand losing a game, but the way they lost to Baltimore was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my entire life. They suck so much shit. And then they squeak by the Chargers on the road, you know, shootout style game. They're, they uh, they basically lose to the Bears except for the last three minutes of the game and somehow win a game they had no business winning. And then Green Bay just jail sexes them uh, in Detroit. God damn. I mean, that was, that was horrible. What an ass kicking. It was like from beginning to end. And I was, I was driving in, um, from, uh, you know, my neck of the woods to go visit my dad or to go visit the, uh, the crew for Thanksgiving. And I was, I was like, uh Oh, I could just sense that this was going to be rough. This was going to be rough. Uh, one of the, uh, Unfortunate, un- unfortunate side effects of this loss is that it um, coincides with what fuckface Joe Martinez, who already is public enemy number one around here with all this Michigan bullshit, he had been saying uh, that he is not on the Lions bandwagon until they win on Thanksgiving or some stupid bullshit like that. And uh, you see, and Joe is not the type to ever bite his tongue when he when something goes his way and here he is again saying told you thanksgiving yeah whatever shut the fuck up that's two for you if i had enough energy i'd give you a timeout right now but i'm i'm too annoyed son of a bitch I don't even know what the fuck I was talking about. I'm so pissed off about this. So they fucking suck. Let me just tell you that they suck. And now I don't even know who they play next. Doesn't even matter. I, I try not to look too far ahead. They are eight and three, but I, I'm just not convinced again. It's every time they lose badly like this, I'm like, fuck that. And then they had a halftime performance by some asshole named Jack Harlow who I don't know if anybody's ever heard of this guy, but what a pile of shit. He just walks out onto the field and it looks like he's got a couple of uh, 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 blowers that you use to like dry the floor of the YMCA in the locker room with like a sheet over him. And he's just walking around the area where the sheets are and there's a couple of cheerleaders standing there doing annoying dances while he does some fucking mumble rap that sounds like shit. Oh, an absolute shit show. Of course we got that. It's not all bad, though. Because the Dallas Cowboys had Dolly. Okay, this is Dolly Parton. She's 77 years old. 
she's dressed up like a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. She looks like a 49-year-old MILF in this photo. I have never seen a person who's that old be that attractive. I don't see any flaws. Her legs are a little thin, but, you know, whatever. She's 77. But I would absolutely put it to her. She looks like she looks better than some of the cheerleaders. Now, someone pointed out that she has a bodysuit on that that uh, rises up to her boobs. I don't care. And that doesn't matter unless it's made out of like Kevlar or something. Like if she were to take that off and she were to just explode out of it, that would be a thing to see. But I'm telling you right there, she looks awesome. Uh, Dolly has always been, uh, very transparent about what, what it takes her to uh, look like that out in public. She's worn wigs forever. Obviously a ton of plastic surgery. And she says, Oh yeah, I had all of it. I, I do all of it. Tons of plastic surgery. Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm that that's fantastic. That is, I posted, um, I look at this with the same awe as looking at the Grand Canyon or Niagara Falls. And it's absolutely true. She could still sing fantastic, by the way. She opened up with Jolene. What a song. What a song. Someone said, if Jolene stole her man, Jolene must be super hot. Uh, there were some catty remarks from people. Um, saying rude things about her. Let's see. Lisa says, why is everyone amazed? If we had her money, we could look that great too at 77. The only real thing I can see is that it's not very natural looking to see someone that old looking that good. Don't get all peed off. I'm just stating the obvious. Yeah. Who cares? You fat fuck. Shut up. Half the fun is just looking at her and going, oh my God, look at her go. How about this asshole? Totally cringe watching her holding on to the step to keep her balance. She's so much better than this. Fuck you. Uh, Iletta, who's no doubt a fat whore says, take off the wig, take out the teeth, take off the makeup, take off the nails and lashes and underneath bodysuit, and you have wrinkles and varicose veins and cellulite. She's little, I give her that, but so are a lot of us, but we don't have the maintenance she's had. Fucking A. I love Dolly. I just feel sorry that she didn't try to be happy with her God-given looks because she looked great, but she is still awesome. Go, Dolly. What a fucking asshole. Jesus. Who the fuck takes a run at Dolly Parton? God.
is so annoying. What's more annoying, audience? Joe Martinez and his Michigan bullshit or people taking a run at Dolly Parton? I don't know what is worse. Uh, We got one vote for Joe. All right. Corey's Corey's one of those assholes. Look at here. She's had a lot of plastic surgery. Dickhead. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Why are you such an asshole? Who gives a shit? That's not the point. He says, I said that forever ago before you said it. Oh, I know. I know that. That doesn't make it any better. Everybody knows that. No shit, you stupid fuck. All right, let me just say, this is Cyber Monday and Annoying Monday. Some of you are the most ridiculous people on the planet. What a bunch of annoying fucks. Corey gets a yellow card. By the way, I still owe Joe uh, 10 minutes, so I think he deserves There you go. Eat 10, Joe. Eat 10. Corey's going to get one too because, just because. There you go. So that's, I give you two yellows equal a red. I've, I've already issued two red cards today on this show. Uh, Bob says she looks better than Taylor Swift. Wow. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, I agree with you. Because Dolly kind of looks like a bombshell. So, and, and, uh, I always thought that Taylor Swift is tall, lanky, skinny, looks like a kid. So no, I want a woman and there's so many miles on Dolly, you know, um, it's, it's, it's fantastic to think that you're, you're, it's like uh, driving a classic car, you know, true. If you have sex with Dolly, it would be like putting your dick in warm paint, but still, I mean, it's. It's Dolly, 77-year-old woman who looks hot as hell. All right. If Taylor Swift got triple Ds put in, she would look exactly like Dolly. She should. Uh, Joe Pellerito is uh, deserving... Of a timeout because of the Michigan annoyance. The Michigan annoyance clause has been issued. So Joe is getting a timeout. I'm a 50-year-old man doing what a 50-year-old man should. That is the first time ever. He is one of the nicest people that we have in the audience, Joe Joe Pellerito. Um, Where his brother you know, is banned for stalking. Uh, Joe is not. So he is just 60, 600 second timeout for being annoying, annoying Michigan fan. 
I don't know what else I can tell you people. I've already said Michigan had an outstanding victory. You can lay all of the cheating shit to rest because they've won three big games minus the cheating. They've won without Harbaugh. Ryan Day was raped uh, right on the field, jail sexed. What else do you want me to say? Why do you feel the need to continue to be annoying? You're a bunch of butt fucks. Joe Spaulding is here. He says, Dolly Parton can bully me forever. Uh, Joe Spaulding taking time out from the uh, Ottawa County missions, crusades. I'm curious as to how... um, Joe Spaulding, you actually make money. I don't, I don't know what you do for income, but the amount of time that you spend, I, I think, frankly, that the donation of time to thwart Ottawa Impact is um, kind of like a public service. The All of the time that you given has value. I think you should get like a key to the county when this is all said and done for your, for your service. I mean, we have not only your service, but we've had moments where you played a har- a harmonica, uh, during the, uh, during the, uh, uh, meeting there and got thrown out. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. And you even brought your saxophone. You brought your saxophone to a meeting. Um, he says, I do very similar work in real life, but more issues-based. Wow. You know, let me tell you this, Joe Spaulding. If I find out that, like, you've got some dark secret, like you put your fingers in a child or something way back when, and that's that manifests, and then everybody has to be like, oh, fuck. I'm going to be so fucking pissed off, I'm going to hunt you down. I better not come back to find out that there's all sorts of fucked up skeletons in the closet with you. Cause they, cause you're you and what you do is something I can get behind. <clears throat> Joe Martinez is now logged in with a different name. Cause he's a fuck face. He says, because we are Michigan go blue. Harbaugh cracks them nuts. Us against bet us against the world. We are Michigan. Yeah, we get it. Okay, you won. Congratulations. What the fuck else do you want? I admitted. I admitted it. All right. Um, Folks, I got to go potty. But before I go, let me just say thank you to the folks on Facebook and, of course, on X for getting a portion of this show and as well as uh, YouTube. Now, if you want the whole show in its entirety, it's available by downloading the Twitch app and searching Eric Zane Live, and then you can uh, get the show uninterrupted every day, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here. The audio podcast is made available wherever you download shows. Just search Eric Zane Show. Uh, I use Apple Podcasts, and then I, uh, if you can, leave me a review on there of what you think of the show. Some people who hate me leave nasty reviews. Like, hey, I'll show him. If you are going to leave me a nasty review, 
Would you please leave your real name so I can know who the person is? You know, I don't, I don't mind a nasty review, but I'd like to know who is giving me the nasty review so that I can, you know, I mean, I want to know. I, who's I had one, <laughs> get this. I had a guy on, I suspected that I had a person who hated me, who was hate listening to me on, of all things, Patreon, which uh, I noticed that on some of the comments on my Patreon shows, which is you have to pay for it. Someone was uh, being rude to me, make like man, which is fine. I don't give a shit. I was like, well, what? Why would someone do that on Patreon, though? I mean, they have to seek me out, give me money just to do that. And I, I looked at the person's history, and they had uh, for five months, they gave me $5 a month. So they gave me $25. And then they, they canceled it. And then when you cancel, there's an exit. You can make exit comments like a parting shot. Why are you quitting? And this guy wrote, you suck. <laughs> and I'm like, you idiot. You gave me $25. If you're going to give me shit on Patreon, sign up for the free one and then give me shit that way. Don't pay for it, you fucking idiot. Son of a bitch. Uh, with that in mind, yes, you can sign up for Patreon, uh, for free for seven days at patreon.com slash Eric Zane. And, um, we're doing, who are these free beers this week? It's been a couple of weeks since Ben and I got together one week. Uh, Ben's dad was sick. He's fine now. Uh, and then last week we didn't do it because of, uh, Thanksgiving and my potato making. But, uh, this week we're getting uh, back after it, a uh, edition of, uh, who are these free beers? And uh, the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast, all available for free when you sign up for seven days at patreon.com slash Eric Zane. Buy a t-shirt at my website, sign up for Cameo, all that shit. Thank you, thank you, thank you to the audience on Facebook, X, and YouTube. Facebook and Twitch brought to you by Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. Locally owned, veteran owned, they're veterans. And uh, lady-owned. X brought to you by Blue Frost IT. Thank you so much. All right. Um, The open and live stream of this show brought to you by the aforementioned Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid and EV. 616-532-6600. That's 616-532-6600. 6,600 working hard to earn your business. Try them out. If you don't just take my word for it, go to their website, irvines.com and read the Google reviews. And it's ervines.com, ervines.com. The best. They will not let you down. Uh, one of the favorite things that they offer is a free loaner car when you are getting your vehicle fixed. So schedule your repair and they've got you covered with a loaner car. Use their car to get you to and from work. All right. Uh, the aforementioned pain in the ass, Joe Martinez, 616-516-8579. You have just a few short days until the end of the promotion to get a free furnace tune-up. Um, when that expires on December one, it's done. You can still get your furnace tuned up, but it's going to cost you $79. He is the only HVAC specialist in West Michigan 
to team up with DTE Energy. So you call Joe at 616-516-8579, shows up at your place, tunes your furnace, cleans it, and then leaves. Money never leaves your pocket. He then turns in the proof that he did the work at your place to DTE. They go, yep, there's an account there. Yep, okay. And then they pay Joe the money. So money never leaves your pocket. That's a great, great thing, Joe. 616-516-8579. And if you're a Michigan fan, you get to bring this this jackass into your house and you can talk like uh, Michigan football. Maybe you love that. Uh, thank you to the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. Uh, if you're in the market for a mortgage, no matter where you are in the U.S., consider reaching out to Mario and pick his brain. Whether it's your first mortgage or you've done this many times in the past or perhaps you're just getting money out of your home for a repair or pay off a gambling debt or prostitutes, uh, 231-332-6505 for the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. All right. Don't go anywhere. I got plenty more to talk about. I have to go tinkle. Good morning. Whoops. That was the wrong button. Okay, so I watched that uh, documentary Bye Bye Barry about Barry Sanders. Um, okay, it, I loved it. I enjoyed it very much. I enjoyed uh, hearing uh, Barry talk and some of the inside information from people that were close to him. I want to. I want to understand. I want you to understand, though, that um, nowadays the only thing you need to do to make something a documentary is to just interview people and then play old footage. That's not. That shouldn't be a documentary. That should be just. I don't know. Just people telling their story. Uh, a work of nonfiction. It seems like there should be more work uh, than uh, what they, what is being done to actually make a documentary. A documentary nowadays is just interview the per, one of the per people involved or, or have someone talk on their behalf, and then that's it. I mean, we hear from um, people like uh, Eminem and um, uh, what's that Dumb and Dumber actor? Jeff Daniels. Various people talking about the Lions and what it was like. And uh, footage that we've all seen millions of times before of Barry going on long runs. And then people just describing uh, what exactly uh, Barry meant to them. I did hear before I was done watching it, Aram said, I can't wait to talk to you about this or hear your comments on this on this uh, show. Um. Aram has strong feelings about the uh, Ford family who owns the team. And um, when you said that, you said that uh, you will never buy a Ford automobile based on what you learned during that show. And so I was waiting for something really, really terrible to be revealed about them that the Fords had done. And other than mismanaged the football team. I, 
I couldn't figure out what exactly you were referring to that was such an egregious uh, uh, thing that the Fords did. Unless if it's simply just, you know, when the Lions won the playoff game in 1991 against Dallas, that was kind of like the height of the popularity of the Lions because then from that point, the Lions went backwards and the Dallas Cowboys went on to win four straight Super Bowls. Maybe that's it. I mean, the Lions were fucked up. They 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 won it. They they got very far in the playoffs in 1991, and then in 92 they won like five games, and then in 93 they got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. Um. So one of the thing that stand one of the things that stands out is uh, Lions coach Wayne Fonts was on the field this year with uh, with Barry Sanders. And uh, spoiler alert, spoiler alert right now. Fonts said something that no one's ever heard before. Like now the story can be told. He leaned leaned into Barry and he said, did you know, Barry, that we had the chance to get Joe Montana? Uh, His career was finishing up in San Francisco and he went on to have a, a solid couple of years or whatever it was in Kansas City. Um, and the general manager of the team, Chuck Schmidt said, nah, he's too old. I don't want him. All right. So then Font says to Barry that the, uh, that Warren moon was available to get on a trade. And, uh, same guy, Chuck Schmidt said, ah, he's too old. He's too old. Well, moon had some great years in Minnesota. Instead, the lions went with Scott Mitchell, which brings me to this. Scott Mitchell. Okay, I had not watched the episode. I had not watched the show, I mean. And uh, last week, he said, hey, I just watched Bye Bye Barry, and I am so angry. Uh, And he said, Jeff Daniels and Eminem and everybody, fuck you. Scott Mitchell was the quarterback that the Lions picked up after they turned down the Joe Montana trade and the Warren Moon trade. They picked up a backup quarterback from Miami, who during that year filled in admirably for Dan Marino and had done well. And uh, so the Lions made him an offer, and he came to Detroit. He had one good year where he was an all-pro. He passed for like 4,200 yards in that year. and uh, But outside of that, there was nothing special about Scott Mitchell. He was kind of mad, and he'd always fucking throw an interception, you know. I mean, playing quarterback for the Lions, we have a long list of of uh, shitty uh, quarterbacks. But Mitchell at the time was a strong move by them. Young, he's six foot seven. He could throw it a mile, um, but once he got with the Lions, you know, he was so so. But in this uh, documentary, it was everybody was led to believe that. Um, uh, Jeff Daniels and Eminem said shitty things about Scott Mitchell. So Scott Mitchell tears into the everybody who I hated this documentary, this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, Barry was a great player, but he did he couldn't do anything in the playoffs. I mean, he's fucking burning every bridge that you could believe. And um, so I'm like, oh, I got to see this. I watch it 
And not only is Scott Mitchell never mentioned, no one says shit about Scott Mitchell. In fact, he's barely seen. Maybe like two clips, you see him handing the ball off to Barry. No one said anything bad about Scott Mitchell. And this fuck goes crazy uh, attacking everybody. It's like, holy shit. God damn. Now, when he was in Detroit, you know, whoever's the quarterback of the Lions is going to get murdered. If you suck, you're you're dead in Detroit. And we have a long list of shitty quarterbacks. So, I mean, come on. Um, this is embarrassing. Yeah, they didn't say shit about him. Uh, Aram says Joe Montana and Warren Moon wanted to play with Barry and the Fords passed on the offer without even telling Barry. Yeah, I don't know if it was the Fords, though. I remember they talked about Chuck Schmidt. Chuck Schmidt is the general manager. He's not he's not part of the Ford family. So I don't know if your aggression towards the Fords is uh, is warranted. The Fords are uh, people who hate the Fords for other reasons. But I don't know if uh, they're on the hook for fucking up the uh, Warren Moon and Joe Montana deals. Aram adds if Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders switched teams, Barry Sanders would have run for so many yards that no one would ever get close. Hard to say. It really is. They were very, very different runners. Emmett Smith was methodical at hitting the gap. Okay. Uh, equally tough, equally strong. Sanders had the shiftiness. But the thing that um, about Barry that if you only watch the highlights is he could drive you crazy. There were games when he finished with like a yard. Um, in playoff games, he did horrible. And uh, there were other games when he he would go um, three and a half quarters with no yards, and then suddenly he would bust one. Um, he had the ability, which something Emmett Smith did not have, to okay, this hole is closed. I am going to now figure out another way to get yardage. And then he's gone. And then uh, while that's happening, he's corkscrewing players into the ground. They're tackling air. It was fantastic to watch. Um, Rick says Emmett Smith had holes to run through. Emmett had several all pro linemen every year. Barry had Lomas and Glover and they were hit or miss. True. Um, Watch Barry in college when he had holes open up. So yeah, I think it. I think it could be the argument could be made, but um, yeah, I've I've never really I've never really thought of anybody else as better, and I think that everyone knows that. I think you have Barry, who's um, obviously not the top running back of all time, but he would have been, and then some. Donko calls someone overrated. I don't know if he's calling Barry overrated or Emmett Smith overrated, but I don't know how you could call either one of those people overrated. They all had uh, the best of careers ever. It, it actually underrated either one of them. 
but it was uh, it was a it was an interesting watch. I liked um, I liked Sanders the way he is now. Um, he's so jolly. He's become actually jolly. He giggles all the damn time. I love watching him talk now. He seems to be really at peace. It's uh, it's pretty sad when uh, they're talking about his uh, ending his career, though. It's still worth a watch, even though I've spoiled some of it for you. Um, but when he was a player, my God, he um, he was so laid back, so laid back. You couldn't even get a smile out of that guy. Over the weekend, I went and saw Waylon at a great club called Elevation. I didn't even realize that that uh, that joint, the intersection, had this place. Nice, nice room. And uh, I watched them perform, and they had me come out and do the stage announcement. That was so much fun. I loved them so much. We had a great time. Diana and I were there, Queen of the Forest, cheering, dancing. So much fun. Waylon did this deal where um so they booked the show at the intersection and then it's up to Waylon to find the opening acts so they bring in three other acts um and the way they do it is they go all right um yes we want you to open up for us and we're going to give you a link and for every ticket that you sell um, and they broker this deal and the band agrees to it. Um, you earn $2, which sounds remarkably low, but that's, I guess, the standard in the industry. Like if it's a $10 ticket, you get two bucks who hire you in this case, Waylon, they get eight bucks or somebody gets eight bucks. I don't know who gets the eight bucks, but the band gets a two. So then the band goes, all right. And then they reach out to all their fans, say, hey, we're opening up for Waylon. And this is the deal. You must buy. And so they spread the word. So everybody does that. It's good to go. There's hundreds of people. It's packed to the gills. Oh, my God. Great show. Uh, I see the boys after the show. They pack up their gear and they leave. They drive back to Nashville. Um, I called Phil the next day just to say, hey, I loved it. I had a great time and uh, it went to voicemail. So I'm coming back from the hockey game on Friday night and my phone rings and it's Phil. And uh, he sounds tired. And uh, I go, hey, buddy, how's it going? He's yeah, just tired been a long day i go oh yeah travel back to nashville right he goes yeah 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 and that other thing and i go i don't know what you're talking about he goes oh you're not aware i go no he goes well, that's probably a good thing so he then explains to me that one of the openers some some band called uh i don't want to say their name i'm not even going to give them the time of day one it it wasn't Devin, and it wasn't um, the. There was another band with a lady in it, and it it wasn't them. It was it was another band, and the end of the day, 
the end of the show is is and they're they're there to get their money and they've sold 10 tickets okay so <laughs> phil goes here you go gives them a 20 dollar bill it says thanks for being here we appreciate it and uh the person who's collecting the money this so-called pseudo uh representative for this local fucking hick band says what do you mean that should be two hundred dollars he goes, what are you talking about? We sold 10 tickets, $200. He goes, that's not what we agreed on. Uh, they go, no, no, yeah, yeah, we did. So he goes, that, no, I wouldn't do that. That's not the deal. I give you $2 for every ticket. You sold 10 tickets. Here's your $20. So they ended up taking it to their Facebook page and indicting Waylon. And uh, so this upset Phil. And uh, I, I was like, oh, fuck. Don't even worry about it, buddy. Don't even worry about it. Um, It's a fart in the wind. I mean, no one's heard of it. No one's heard of them. No one's heard of this story. Don't even fucking don't even give it a time of day. And he goes, yeah, but they're saying this and that. I go, of course, of course, it's all untrue. It's all nonsense, but it's a bunch of fucking degenerate losers. Fuck these guys. I go, fart in the wind. Don't even, don't even sweat it. But this whole mob is making shit up about Waylon now. And it's like, you guys are fucking idiots. And then that band is like, yeah, we don't have a problem with the intersection. Well, the intersection has a problem with you, you fucking assholes, because the intersection loves Waylon. All right. So if you think you can get away with just talking shit about Waylon um, and, and not hear anything back from the intersection, you guys are fucking dead. You will never play there. You'll be playing the fucking door uh, pig ball festival and the the Borculo mailbox days. You fucking idiots. So fuck those guys. Um, the show was fantastic. I really love it. The um, the addition of the pedal steel, uh, pedal steel guitar player is absolutely awesome. Great, great job by Waylon. Sorry you're dealing with that, though. Um, all right. I want to touch on... Uh, I already talked about Michigan. I talked about the Lions. Michigan State has quietly hired their next coach. I'm guessing in the interview process, when they brought in Jonathan Smith, the first question was, do you have a healthy healthy relationship with your significant other? Would you ever be so lustful that you would whip out your dick and pound your pud on the phone with someone? Fuck. That Mel Tucker thing. How how quickly that fell apart because they had the one good year when they had that running back. Uh, I forget his fucking name. Uh, something Junior. I don't know. Ken, Ken something. Kenneth Owens. Ken Irvin, 
He was an absolute battling ram, uh, battering ram. He beat the shit out of Michigan. That he signed this monster deal, this Tucker piece of shit. And then immediately he, the, the program fell apart. And then the next thing you know, he's jacking his dick on the phone with a lady who's trying to teach the kids on the football team that no means no and to respect women. You can't write this stuff. You know, all the um, nonsense that we say about Michigan, you know, the silliness of uh, busting balls about the cheating scandal and goofing on them for all that. It's so a different realm when it comes to the worst college program in America. I mean, in all athletics, Spartan athletics are the absolute worst. Your foot, the whole team at any team, even like the girls softball team, they're all criminals and sexual deviants and drug addicts from the players to the coaches, to the administrators, the absolute worst sports programs in all of America, Michigan state, the bottom of the barrel. When the highlights of your program have been Mel Tucker and Larry Nasser, that tells me you are the worst. I mean, like criminal shit happening on the regular. Say what you will about Michigan and the whole cheating shit. At least they came back and won and put it in everybody's fucking face. The Spartans are an absolute embarrassment. If I was running that school, I would wipe out every sport program that there was. All of it. And make that school just an academic school. (coughs) No sports whatsoever. I'd rip down the football stadium. My God. They're so bad. They brought in a coach who has lost 35 games and won 34. Leave it to Michigan State to hire a coach who loses more than he wins. My God. Chris was thinking the same thing. Question one, are you some, some kind of sexual degenerate to new coach? Son of a bitch. Jonathan Smith is the new coach. He's from Oregon State, whatever. This year, he happened to go to eight and four on the year. That helped earn the program at least eight wins in consecutive seasons for the first time in more than a decade. That's the bar that they set. Michigan State Athletic Director Alan Haller said, quote, Jonathan has a proven track record of success building the Oregon State program from the ground up. Wait a minute. How can you possibly say he has a proven track record of success 
when he's lost more than he's won. That's the exact opposite of a proven track record of success. If this were a uh, appropriate statement, it would say, uh, Jonathan is so-so. We could only get a mediocre coach who occasionally wins more than he loses. That's the best we're going to get at Michigan State. Oh, my God. Smith had six years remaining on his contract worth $31.2 million. Can you believe that? So if had he stayed at Oregon State in the next six years, he would have made $31.2 million to be shitty. Sports are fucking stupid. They really are. Um... Interim coach Harlan Barnett was 2-8 and eight in place of Tucker. Smith faces a big challenge, taking over a team that was routed in each of its four games against highly ranked opponents. Yeah, come on. Who cares about Michigan State? What a pile of shit. For all the, um, for all the shit I have given Michigan. And you know what? Frankly, I didn't give Michigan any shit this year. When it, I was happy that they were winning. You know, I really was. In fact, I'll probably be happy if they win out. If they win against Iowa and then win the first round of the playoffs and then win the national championships, I'll actually be rooting for them. And here's why. They have vanquished everyone during the Harbaugh suspension. They have taken that punishment and accepted it, and now it's over. The deal is done. It was a great move, okay? And they're getting away with the cheating without, I mean, Chris Partridge deleted everything. You had the booster giving all the money, and we don't know who that is. He's known as Uncle T. Um, But this is going to go away now. This is being swept under the rug. This is gone. They will find out nothing more, okay? Yes, they cheated. So what? At this point, who cares? It's over. He's been punished. He's satisfied the punishment. There is no point in uh, ripping them a new asshole anymore. I am officially saying, let's go blue. I am here to tell you that Michigan is number one. As you know, I call it like I see it. And I want everyone to know that the national championship is coming home to my Wolverines this year. Let's go blue. Let's go blue. It's great to be a Michigan Wolverine. It's great to be a Michigan Wolverine. Hail to the victors, valiant. Hail to the conquering heroes. Hail, hail to Michigan, the leaders and the best. Aram says, Eric and Michigan versus everyone. Oh, you're damn right. Linda says, Jesus, Eric, I know you're being facetious. No, you're, you're incorrect. You're incorrect. The punishment is over. It is time to get on the bandwagon. Yes, they cheated their asses off. 
but who cares? Kenny says you silenced Joe Martinez for his Game of Thrones Michigan stance. Now this. Well, yeah, I'm not going to go as far as referring to them as we. (laughs) All right. So ridiculous. So ridiculous. Uh, By the way, when it comes to that, um, I guess I'm going to have to... uh, say the name of the band in order to make my point. Um, the band that claimed that they were um, uh, ripped off with Waylon are known as the Bootstrap Boys. These are the Bootstrap Boys. Boy, that's a weird picture. Now, I've heard their music. I like their music. They describe them as kind of like an outlaw country sound. It's not bad. Um, they said, thanks for coming out to support us last night. Unfortunately, the headlining band stole... of our ticket sales and left us $20 to split. Um, Stole is fucking slander, by the way. Or libel. Which one do you write? Libel, right? And then everybody jumped on board. And started to uh, hammer my boys in Wayland. I wrote, wow, that's weird. My buddy's band opened for them and they got $2 per ticket sold. I was trying to prove a point. They sold 400 tickets and made $800 cash. Did they promise you 100% of every ticket sold? No, I know full well that they weren't promised that. I see Linda weighed in. Rich, Tim, Kara, and Barbie gave me either a thumbs up or a heart. Uh, yeah, that, those guys are fucking full of shit. In fact, I want everybody within the sound of my voice to search the bootstrap boys on Facebook, go to this, uh, Facebook entry and do what you will to make life difficult for them. Because I don't like them referring to my pals as thieves. Okay? And tell them that I sent you. Fuck these guys. Filthy motherfuckers. There's some whore who goes by the name of Lil Mama. Lil Mama Bootstrap is the one who Phil gave the $20 to. Uh, She's turned into a goddamn juggernaut making shit up about the boys in Wayland who are the nicest people on the planet uh, online. She's the problem. By the way, look at these fucks, especially this guy here. Holy shit. What a weird looking band. 
it looks like um, this guy here with the cowboy hat, the giant man. I bet you his dick smells like all three of these guys. Very, very strange. Kenny says you can't comment on that post now. Make a new one. Make a new one for the bootstrap boys. Corey says, quote, Eric Zane sends his regards, Lannister style. I love Lannister style. Corey says, how are the bootstrap boys outlaw country when their Facebook picture looks like they're getting ready for a gay orgy? They sure do. Let me tell you something, little mama bootstrap. Uh, Take a different picture. Do something rather than sit there and indict my pals and take fucking gay OnlyFans pictures for this shitbag band. God damn, what a mess. Fuck you, you hilljacks. Um, I have from an inside source that says, I just heard from their ex-drummer wrote to us on Facebook and told us they are narcissistic maniacs. He said they wait for things like this to jump on people and destroy them online. Gee, I bet you're wondering who sent that to me. Uh, Kenny says, is this what happened? Did their dumbass fans not use their special assigned link or what? No, they did, but there was only 10 of them. Actually 12. There was 12 of them. Uh, 12 of their fans actually used the assigned link and bought tickets. There were only 12. They have 12 fans. My God. So, uh, if you could do me a favor today. I want you to always consider giving to your local charities. I want you to always support the local humane society. And I want you. <laughs> Hold on. Kenny says, so they stole $4. No, no. Uh, they sold 12 tickets. You get $2 a ticket. That's the deal. So Phil, I said 20 for ease of math, but Phil gave them $24. And. The bootstrap boys thought they deserved $240 or 100% of the ticket sales. I don't know how much the actual ticket was. They th- they were under the impression they were getting, at least they, that's what they said. They were getting 100% of the ticket sales, but that was not the deal. I think the uh, um, uh, uh, lesson here is get it in writing. What the fuck was I going to say? Um Is this what happened to the... Okay, no. I had something else in my brain I was going to talk about and I forgot it. Um, so make it a, a, an assignment, please. Go to The Bootstrap Boys on Facebook and respond in kind. Would you please do that? Adam says they had people Venmoing to this band to make up for the difference. 
Are they a new band? Because they should know that no venue would ever promise 100% of the sales. They are stupid. So I am actually, actually asking that everyone drop the hammer on these butt fucks. Uh, compliments of Eric Zane. Eric Zane sends his regards. Fuck them up. Maybe do it like in the morning or the night because they'll either be drunk or passed out, hung over. God damn, that pissed me off. All right, hang on a second here. Share, copy link. Something that just popped in in my brain that I have to talk to you about. Thank you to Allison over at Harbor Humane. Okay, now she reaches out to me when things like this are going on because um, we're able to actually move the meter. I want you to take a look at this Facebook post and I want you to share it. I'm going to leave the link in the uh, in the comments. Shit. Hang on a second here. I think I got it. I'm having a hell of a time here. Yes. Uh, I posted it in the, uh, in the chat. It is for a dog that's available from Harbor Humane. And if you could uh, share it, that would be exceptional. So I have, I have homework assignments for you. One is... Uh, fuck up the bootstrap boys. The second thing is take this link and post it on your Facebook. Occasionally when a dog has been, um, at uh, Harbor humane for too long, I guess the dog starts to decline. This is Freddie. Freddie needs your help. He's a special soul who needs out of the shelter as soon as possible. He deserves love and peace. Huge thanks to our friends at 13 on your side and Veronica Ortega TV for sharing his story with the world. Be sure to click the video for his cute face. Dog declining at West Michigan shelter needs a foster home or forever family before Christmas. Look at that dog. Oh my God. What a face. Dog found neglected and starving in Ottawa County has recovered, but he's not doing well in the shelter environment. So I promise she said, uh, Allison says to me, she goes, I don't always ask this, but can you actually highlight this dog on your show? And I'm like, well, of course, of course I will. Home Pro of West Michigan. 
In August, we brought you the story of Freddie, a dog found neglected and starving in Ottawa County. And while his former owner is facing charges and Freddie has recovered at Harbor Humane Society, staff say he's beginning to decline at the shelter. They're hoping to place Freddie with a foster or better yet, in a forever home for the holidays. Oh, hey, buddy. There's nothing Freddie loves more than playing with his toys and Good yummy treats. Boy. You wouldn't know it by this sweet smile, but he's had a rough start to life. Freddie has been with us since February. Oh dear. He came in as um, a law enforcement seizure. Um, oh, he was very, 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 very thin. He only weighed about 30 pounds when he came, um, mm -hmm. and now he is a healthy 60 pounds. Freddie has come a long way in just a few months, but staff say he's not thriving in the shelter environment. You can tell a dog is mentally declining by the way that they act in their um, kennel. Sometimes they'll circle a lot, um, whine a lot. Um, just not be themselves. The shelter is hoping to place Freddie in a foster home. Harbor provides you with all of the necessary what tools to foster. We provide the food, the toys, the crate, the blankets, the medical care with our on-site vet. Um, basically, you are just there to love on the dog and to give us a great uh, view of what the dog is like outside of the shelter. Sit. Oh, hey! Freddie hey, is fella. still learning to trust and can't be in a home with small children or cats. Oh, He's very content to just... I'm out. ...lay on bed <laughs> and chew on, you know, a squeaker, or he loves peanut butter from the Kongs, loves to go for walks. Um, he is very curious. Uh, he loves to go for car rides. Once Freddie is relaxed, he's ready to jump on the couch and snuggle. He really is a sweet boy. He's really come out of his shell since he's been here. He was very shut down when he came in. He is a staff favorite. Everyone loves to go out and play with him. Um, so it's really oh hard my for God, us that to see face. Him declining mentally. Look at that face. And while the primary goal is to find a foster, the staff are hoping Freddie will find his forever home. Who wouldn't Christmas. want this dog? It's not like this dog's eating people. He's so handsome. If you're interested in fostering or adopting Freddie, we have links to more information on our website, 13onyourside.com. There you go. Come on, make it happen. For fuck's sake. You know, we're full here. I mean... I couldn't do it anyway because of the cats. But I, I mean, I would. Uh, lots of dogs don't do well in the shelter setting. It's so sad. Freddie is a handsome boy. You got to spell it B-O-I. Tyler says, I imagine that while she was saying the dog keywords of peanut butter walks and car rides, the dog was in the background tilting his head from side to side with ears perked up. Uh, Nick says, Freddy is an appropriate name for a child killer. Chris says, give Nick the hammer. No, no, that's a good joke. All right. Anyway, uh, somebody, if you're not going to adopt it yourself or be a foster yourself, share it, please. Okay. And when I say that, I mean it. I mean, share it. You get, you got a homework assignment today. I never ask homework assignments. Your homework assignment uh, butcher the bootstrap boys. Uh, tell them Eric Zane said to suck his dick. Uh, suck Eric Zane's dick for going after Whalen, you fucking thieves. You stupid hill rod fucks. Fuck you. And your piece of shit outlaw sound. 
and update your fucking profile picture and share what I, uh, what I just told you about do that. So fuck the bootstrap boys and share the thing about the dog just in time. It's the holiday season. Uh, this holiday, fuck the bootstrap boys right in the ass. Kenny says, I tried to reply to your comment on their post and it won't let me Uh, make a new post. Like, Hey, everybody new here. Just wanted to say, and then let them have it. You have a homework assignment today. Crucify the bootstrap boys. Those fucking assholes. Okay. Grand Rapids gold basketball over the weekend. Uh, Saturday, good time out there. Man, the crowds are getting bigger. I love that. Uh, for the uh, for the Grand Rapids gold basketball games. So cool. And you, you can get a ticket too. Their next game is coming up December 2nd. That's a Saturday, a week from, uh, well, just a handful of days away. We're on, Jesus Christ, we're on the 27th. So this Saturday. Uh, GrandRapidsGold.com for tickets. Come see me at the basketball game. You will not be let down. Such a fun time. Uh, I love it. Uh, Thursdays and Fridays, $2 beer, $2 dogs. Otherwise, the venue will bend you over. 18 bucks for a long drink. You know that, that uh, I don't know what the fuck it is. If it's a seltzer, I have no idea. But these are $18 at the arena. Like What? There's seven bucks at the intersection. 18. Who who pays for that shit? So go to the game and don't buy any concessions, what I'm telling you. Uh, GrandRapidsGold.com for tickets. Rick from TC Paintballs, a GD legend. I was looking out for my boy Rick this weekend. You see, this is what happens when you're a friend of mine. I think about you. I went to a facility yesterday or on Saturday for an indoor soccer game. And as I'm walking up to the facility in Holland, I noticed that they have rolls of something under blue tarp. I was like, what's that? And I go, oh, they have new turf. Which means they're going to be getting rid of the old turf. I could have just walked in and not thought nothing of it, but I'm very conscientious and aware and mindful. And I said, I'll bet you Rick could use the old turf. What did I do? Did I just say, ah, just pretend you didn't see it? No, no, I didn't do that. I went in and I said, who do I talk to about the old turf? Gives me a card. First, I tipped off Rick. I said, hey, you need new turf? Yeah. Huh. I might have something for you. Sent an email, general manager of the soccer facility said, what's up with your turf? He says, we're ripping it up uh, tomorrow. We're going to play soccer, me and my boys. And then we're ripping up the old turf. Yeah, we're interested in selling it, but you got to, we got to make it happen because uh, we're going to do it tomorrow. I got you. I introduced the boys, Rick and dude from soccer facility. And I said, I'll let you two take it from here. Hopefully it works out because this guy was going to throw it away. 
uh, Rick needs it so he can get it for a bargain basement price. It's win-win. So there you go. Thank you to Rick from TC Paintball. Rick writes, it is working out. Thank you. So you guys came to an agreement? That is fantastic. If you need any help, Rick, um, like pulling the old stuff up and putting the new stuff down, you know, you got your old pal EZ here. I can supervise. I'll help you if you need help. I'll help anybody except the bootstrap boys. Kenny says he reported the bootstrap boys Facebook page for hate speech. Now you're getting it. Love it. Anyway, uh, Rick from TC paintball is special to me. Thank you so much to him. He's helped make my dreams come true. And I want you to help him make his dreams come true by supporting him as a business on the Eric Zane show podcast, book an event at TC paintball, uh, in Grand Rapids, Michigan online at TC So spectacular. You will have so much fun. We are still struggling to schedule our latest paintball event. Um, paintball war number 23 will happen. Once we get that secured, I will let you know. Um, but anyway, book an event, either workplace team building kids in the neighborhood, the dad squad, the mom squad. Uh, of course with little league, you know, you get the young kids playing with the low velocity weaponry introduces them to paintball in a, uh, gradual way so that it's not a bad experience for them. Uh, you can do that at TC paintball, go to their website for more information, TC And you will see what I mean. It's also a fully stocked pro shop. Awesome place right there. Head over to TC Paintball online at tcpaintballgr.com. Guys get their hair cut at King's Room Barbershop in West Michigan. Three locations, Northland Drive, Caledonia, and the newest location, 82136th Street in Wyoming. 36th Street Southwest in Wyoming next to the costume room. King's Room Barbershop. Men, boys, guys, girls who want to be guys. Girls who like guy haircuts get their haircut at King's Room Barbershop. It's going to set you back 19 bucks plus tip. Uh, if you go to kingsroom.net, you get specifics on their locations on Northland Drive and Caledonia, but you can't miss it, really. It's right there. And then uh, also on the website, pricing. Um, and there is uh, schedules. So you get used to one particular stylist. You want to see when they work and where they work. You go to the schedule on a fantastic website, kingsroom.net. Believe it or not, I got to go pee again. Uh, cannot make a new post on their Facebook, Kenny's update on the bootstrap boys. Only they can do that. Um, this is what you do. Go to any old post and comment on someone's comment. All right. If we have an arsenal of people going to their Facebook page, click on any comment and then on someone else's comment, just let them have it. 
both barrels right up the ass. Eric Zane sends his regards. Rich got totally blocked. We're all going to get blocked. That's a, that's a given. So go in there and fuck them up. All right. I'll be right back. Got to go tinkle. Kenny says, they'll be blocking me soon. Stand by. Chris writes, posted. I see it. It says, all 12 of them showed up on Saturday, it sounds like. Hope the $24 you made got at least a Wah burger and some French cries. I invited them on my show. They wrote, there are official channels you can go through if you'd like to actually set this up. Of course, period. Direct me to the channel. You fucking assholes. They already removed Chris's comment. Let's see if any, any more of you guys are getting through. Oh, they're <laughs> there. They are shutting it down. I want you to bookmark the bootstrap boys and put your dick in their ass. Kenny wrote, of course you guys have limited, have limited who can comment on the other posts, but it sounds to me like your issue this past week was based off ticket sales. $2 per ticket seems reasonable. The venue is definitely going to get their fair share of ticket sales as well as the headliner. It's worked that way for years all over the world. Seems like you need to show proof of ticket sales before making a post like that. <laughs> um, Phil said, oh, yeah. Maybe this isn't such a good idea. Phil's like, don't do it. Don't do it. And now Kenny's blocked. Tyler says, you better hope they're not veterans or they'll be calling all the sponsors, letting them know they're veterans and to stop advertising because, because they're veterans. And they said so. God damn it. Chris says Phil is too nice. All right. You know what to do. You know what to do. I have proof of what happened with the um, mashed potatoes incident. Concerning um, what went down over the weekend at uh, Charity Scam Mike's house. This is how it went. Okay, I have to take this time out at 11.08 to mention that Eric's mashed potatoes were fabulous. And we had about, I don't know, 
20 people here, and this is what they ate. And that is, you know, they, they, did, a, they did their damage. And they're delicious. I've gone in twice already. They're fabulous. But he made extra. So here's what we got for mashed potatoes. I think that uh, he went a little overboard. So here are two more giant containers of mashed potatoes. So my quest tomorrow is to find as many homeless people as I can and hand them goblets of mashed potatoes in their hands at intersections all over the city. This is ridiculous. What were you doing, man? What do you mean, what was I doing? I was fucking preparing. This is a lot of mashed potatoes. Well, yeah, it's better than not having enough, you fuck. My God. And I need to know, how many potatoes go into three of these giant tins? A lot. Okay. I should give him a call. See what he... I doubt he's up. This guy sleeps so late. He could be a billionaire like five times over if he actually woke up at a reasonable hour to start working. Zero chance he's going to pick this up. Come on. Jesus. One pound of potato of potatoes, potatoes per person. That's what I was thinking. That's what I thought it should be. Uh, Kenny says, idea, it'd be better to contact the intercession and tell them about the, this BS and ask them to never book that band to play there ever again. Bootstrap fucks. What a fucking miserable bunch of assholes. Son of a bitch. Don't fuck with Phil. You dirty bastards. Fuck you. A woman is uh, pissed off because she went to Subway restaurant and got the sandwich. And uh, somehow when she, you know, they, at the point of sale thing, you get to say, all right. Uh, and it, it, uh, it says tip. Somehow she was putting her phone number in it. I don't know why you need to put your phone number in it, but uh, it, it led to her. She was supposed to pay $7.54 for the, for the sandwich. And she gave a, uh, she paid $7,112.98. Woman said the accident happened when she was trying to type her phone number on the screen for loyalty rewards points, I guess. And I guess she was, you know, she fucking went too fast. And the next thing you know, uh, she, she put that dollar amount in there. Pause. We need these companies to stop asking for tips. 
I, I was faced with this at the, um, at the intersection. The barmaid says, what do you have? I said, long drink. She says, $7. I go, okay. I pulled out my card and put it in the thing. And it says, tip. Actually, I can understand why they do it because most people, when they're faced with the person is right in front of you and it says tip and they're looking at you, you're going to do it. You got to be a real asshole to say no tip. So I, I did three bucks. The drink now is $10. She's very appreciative. I feel good. They really got a good thing going there. Um, then I went over to the other guy because the one bar was closed. I gave him two. Felt a little guilty about that. When it comes to su- uh, sandwiches, though, I'm like, God Damn it, though. They they make like a real hourly wage. I think the barmaid makes a real hourly. Now, I don't know if she does. I think the barmaid is kind of like, you know, how like at a, a restaurant, the person who's serving the food, they, they make like a, they don't make like a high dollar amount per hour because they get, they're dependent on the tips. I think the barmaid falls into that category, you know? But if you're, um, at a restaurant like Subway, they're paid probably $15 an hour to, to make that sandwich. Maybe, I don't know, sometimes less, sometimes, sometimes, I guess. So I don't know if I like the idea of at Subway giving a tip. But when I'm faced with it, I'm like, God damn it, they're right in front of me. So this stupid lady gave more than $7,000. I still don't know how she did it. She said at some point it must have changed to the tip screen without her realizing. So I, I guess if she if she's put it in the loyalty points and then she's looking at the keypad, but the screen has changed to tip and you would ding, 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 and then hit the green, boom, gone. When I looked at my receipt, I was like, oh, my God, she said. I thought this number looks familiar. Oh, my God, it's the last six numbers of my phone. And this has been a problem to resolve. First of all, she said to the, you know, if that's me, and the receipt hits, and I'm like, and then I have to say to the, you know, person behind the counter, hey, I didn't mean it. That's going to be a bad feeling. You know they can't do anything. They said, you got to call your bank lady. Uh, she filed a claim on $7,112.98, but uh, the credit card company said, no, no, you have to pay it. What? She told NBC News that the manager at Subway said their hands were tied and the bank would have to submit the charge back. Well, first of all, that's a lie. Their hands aren't tied. Somebody owns or runs that store. You can make her whole. 
I don't, I don't buy that at all. Bank of America told the woman that her initial claim was denied because she submitted for the entire amount and she was still responsible for the $7.54 sandwich. After about a month, NBC News reports that Bank of America applied a temporary credit, temporary, on Monday as it works through the claim. Does that mean they can take it back? I'm even getting mad at the bank because I'm like, how did they not think $7,000 was suspicious at Subway? She said. God damn. Yeah, no, uh, no tip at Subway. I've had it with the tip. I say the only people that can get tips are for legitimate services. Um, and for people who make less money per hour because because of the tips. That they're actually dependent upon the tips. You know, like um, garbage can workers. Garbage can workers. Sanitation engineers. Garbage women. Garbage men. By the way, if there's a garbage woman, you know she's a rough chick. Bet no one's listening who knows someone who dumps garbage for a living. Uh, giving them a tip. Is that, is that, it? you see, it's good to give the garbage person a tip because you may need those people one day, you know? But otherwise, you can roll the dice and not do it. Same thing for mail carrier. People give the mail carrier a gift. It's like, fuck that shit. They got a goddamn job. Ken says he knows a garbage man, but I need a garbage woman. Who knows a garbage woman? Chris says they don't even get out of the truck anymore. Yeah, remember back in the day that those two dudes are hanging off the back of the fucking thing? What a shitty job that is. They got to grab the can and dump it and set it back on your driveway like that. Constantly up and down. Corey says, I don't know a single person that has ever tipped a mail carrier or a garbage man in my life. Yeah, we do in my neighborhood. For sure, the garbage person. You give me, you tape a card to the can. You know? Uh, every machine has a void transaction function. We're talking about the tip on Subway, bitch. I voided credit card transactions as a bartender all the time, says I am KO. Yeah, this is on Subway. That's This is theft. Subway is as bad as as those thieves in Wayland. Kidding. Totally kidding. Corey says, listening to you, EZ, was the first time I ever heard that that was a thing. Tipping a garbage man. By the way, points to Rich. Rich Creasy. He was on board with attacking the bootstrap boys well before I was. He was doing it before the story even became known. You know? Um, Maybe the Amazon people, you want to keep them happy. Have you noticed nowadays that the Amazon people, like, they don't even, like, pull in the driveway. 
they just park in the middle of the freeway. They just park on the side of the, what, like in traffic. If you're driving behind an Amazon vehicle, get out. Do not follow the Amazon vehicle. They're known to just jam on the brakes as hard as possible and just stop with a sign on the back that says, fuck you. Before they used to have to pull in, but it's impossible on some of these busy streets. I got a street right by my house. It's called Baldwin. It is ridiculous. It is so busy, especially during morning and evening rush. It's insane. And the Amazon people just said, fuck you. We're parking here. And that's the end of it. That's the big Amazon. Fuck you. My God. Okay. The show is officially out of hand. I want to mention that you have until December 7th to get signed up for Medicaid. My policy shop insurance, Frank Fuss, will help you every step of the way. Buyinsurancehere.com is where you need to go. Buyinsurancehere.com is where you need to go if you want information about signing up for Medicare. Did I say Medicaid? It's Medicare. Medicare is for the old folks. Medicaid is for the indigent, like the bootstrap boys. Okay. Um Or if you need help with Obamacare, Frank Fuss can help you every step of the way with all of those things. And folks, if you have a job and you get insurance from the boss, all right, that's great. It's cheap. It's effective. And then you add in your family, wife, three kids. All of a sudden you're paying $1,200 a month for your insurance. God damn, that's a lot of money. This year, new option. You use the boss's insurance, sign the family up, for Obamacare, and they get a tax subsidy to pay for the premium. This is going to save you hundreds of dollars a month. Take my word. Take my word on this. I do this, and you can do this too. You need Frank Fuss. Frank helps me with my insurance. He's going to help you too. Go to buyinsurancehere.com, B-U-Y, insurancehere.com for more information. We have an asshole of the day award. It is going, well, you know who it's going to be. Those F rhyme with baggots in the bootstrap, boys. Thank you to TC Paintball for sponsoring the asshole of the days of the day. Fuck the bootstrap, boys. Thank you. And I'll talk to you on Patreon. Till next time, have a good one, folks. Bye-bye.